Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. I'm your host and your guide. And as you know, my great audience out there, my job is to help you get off the brink. I want you to see, feel, and think in new ways so you can change. And you know that change is painful, but in these fast-changing times, there aren't many choices. But it's important for you to have a better understanding of things so you can do it wisely, quickly, be agile. You know, fast is the new mm, the new now. So how are you going to be faster and better at what you're doing? I have with me today a fantastic individual who I met through a Vistage group that I did. His name is Patrick Van Gorder. He's Executive Vice President of the Level Agency. And I want you to know that I did a podcast for them, and I enjoyed it so much, I invited him back here so we could continue the conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about by introducing Patrick's bio. Patrick Van Gorder has been part of a leadership team at Level Agency since the company's founding in 2010, which seems like yesterday, but it's not. It's like a moment ago. He's made immeasurable, significant contributions in each role he's had as director of campaigns and platforms, as the AVP of client services, and now he's executive vice president. But his real desire for today is to share with you the changing nature of communication, marketing, and brand building for you, your company, and for things that matter to you. You have to understand what's going on because the world has turned digital. If you haven't noticed, I have a hunch you have. I bet the first thing you do when you want something is to Google it. And so it's very interesting. He'll tell you some major statistics, but today we're going to talk about how people buy and what the buyer's journey is like and why digital marketing has become so essential to your skill set, your way of viewing the world and what Patrick can help you with. Patrick, thank you for joining me. Hey, Andy, thank you so much for for having me back. I'm excited to continue the conversation. Before we get into it, though, tell the readers a little bit more, our audience, a little more about who is Patrick, about your journey, and and about why this has become so important for you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. So I I am sitting here in sunny uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, home of Mr. Rogers, amongst other great Pittsburghers. Um, I am a, a journalism and political science graduate um, that you know got into advertising accidentally. Um, you know, I it was uh, I graduated in 2009 into the midst of the the Great Recession. I did, I did, had no idea what I wanted to do, um, and uh, I got a call from from a colleague who was writing a website that was focused on comparison shopping for higher education, and I said. Um, it sounds like he's he's paying uh, on, uh, on on net thirty terms. So let's uh, let's go over there and let's do some work together. And I've never looked back. Um, I've been with with Level Agency, um, which is uh, which is that firm uh, ever since. Uh, so two thousand and ten, till my partner and I, Patrick Patterson, purchased the company uh, from the, uh, the the former owner in March of twenty twenty one. So it's been a um, a a long, exciting, and and um, and and, and knowledge, learning filled journey for me. Uh, we're up to about seventy five people now, um, most of which are still in Pittsburgh, but we've got staff and clients uh, all across the country. And you know, our our focus is helping businesses both learn about what their audiences and what their audiences are asking for and how to better sell their products, better position their, their products digitally. Um, and also ultimately to help them, um, sell 
right? Ultimately, it's 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 you know it's still true that the main function of marketing is sales or you know direct ROI. Um, but the exciting thing, the thing that gets me out of bed every morning, uh, Andy, is you know the reality that not only can we generate revenue, can we you know can we sell? We can actually learn a great deal about where our customers are going, what they're looking for, um, and and become even more more efficient and uh, more effective tomorrow because of the advertising we're doing today. Let's talk a little bit about it because we know that the buyer's journey has changed. And in the old world, which wasn't that old ago, we used to buy lots of advertising, uh, very flat, push it out. And as people will say, oh, really? Uh, but, you know, that's sort of a past, past way of communicating. And branding and marketing is about storytelling. People buy your story as much as they buy the product or the package. And, and it really matters how you communicate that and how you make it accessible to them. So let's talk about where has... In the world that you're in, where has all the dollars gone to? And what's absolutely important for a listener to understand that they should be doing as well? A little bit more about, you know, let's set a context for why this is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So 65% of total advertising in 2021 uh, was online, uh, was digital advertising, um, which is an incredible stat by itself, but when you factor in the fact that it's up from about 50% um, just a couple of years before 2019, um, that's, you know, it's, it not only is it the lion's share of the pie, um, but it's also the fastest growing segment of the pie. Um, And the really interesting thing about that, you know, that concentration of dollars in digital channels is 90% of that 60, 65%. So 90% of that digital spend goes to one of three companies right now, right? It goes either to Alphabet, parent company of Google, YouTube, um, other properties like that. Uh, It goes to Meta, parent company of Facebook and Instagram, or it goes to Amazon. Um, So what that means for your listeners is, yes, there is an incredibly complex ecosystem out there, and there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of different, you know, Um, platforms, different ad tech intermediaries, different tools out there. But really, if you focus on the, you know, the the vital few, uh, the 90% that make up the lion's share, you can do quite a bit. um, You know, you can do, you can get quite a bit of leverage um, out of your, out of your spend. And you mentioned something, uh, just one other note, Andy, you mentioned something that I think is really interesting. And I've been thinking a lot about. Um, So if you think about sort of our, the ways that we've thought about advertising in the past. If you've ever taken an advertising class or, you know, you're someone that has um, some some, um, experience talking about advertising, you've probably heard of of the funnel, right? The advertising funnel where you have at the very top, you've got awareness and down at the bottom, you've got direct response um, and, you know, things like that. And the reality is that comes from a moment when, if you think about like what a television ad was, there was literally no other action you could take. You just had to watch the watch the ad, and maybe there was a phone number at the bottom that said, "Hey, call this number right now." Um, there was no way to take action. There was no way to continue the conversation. Think about a billboard, right? There's there's very very little that you can do other than see and register what a billboard says. Uh, the reality in the digital space is all of these channels are working together and you know allowing you to build your brand and build engagement with your brand 
in so many different ways all at once, right? So a Facebook ad is building brand awareness, but it's also driving engagement. It's also, you know, maybe some asking someone to fill out a form or buy a product. So it's sort of operating at all of the, the, the steps of this classic funnel at the same time. Well, don't leave that thought um, because now as you're thinking about communicating your story or your message or what you'd like to see happen, it isn't, um, you know, bring enormous top of mind awareness out there. It's figuring out ways to take the person who's ready to learn more and move them through that wonderful journey till they're ready to purchase, taste, try. And so your whole process has been transformed into much more immediate. And I was at a, a group and one of the gentlemen said, people call us and they want to talk to somebody immediately. You know, they want to listen to a doctor immediately. And that it's not, it's almost instant. It is an instant gratification. They say, I only have time. This is my time. I want to do a purchase right now. Connect me. And That's it, right. it's, I don't want to learn more. It's not slow. So how are you doing this with your clients? Some illustrative stories or, you know, yeah. case studies or the frustration they're having? It's a great question. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use a um, one of our clients that's in the sales enablement um, SaaS world. Um, so, you know, they were um, they were they ha- they had a experience that was um, very much sort of the 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 old school approach to what you ask people to do online, which was, hey, fill out a form and we'll contact you. Right? Um, <laughs> Why does and, it seem so ancient? <laughs> right, it does, it does, but it, and and it should because you know the the way that the consumer perception has changed is they've said, no, I will contact you. When I want to talk, if yeah. you think that I'm going to subject myself to another tele, you know, telesales um, <laughs> funnel or another set of, of emails, you must be out of your mind. So I will contact you when I when I when I want to talk to sales. But in the meantime, uh, what you can give me now is value. You can give me insight, something like uh, you know a webinar or a yeah. white paper or a case study. You can help me know more about this space, learn more about your your perspective and your thought leadership in this space. And then, by the way, when I'm ready to talk, yes, I'll you know, there's a there's a form there. I'll get in touch right away um, and I'll expect to be contacted pretty quickly. Um, But, you know, the, the reality is it's less about just being there. You have to be there with value. You have to be there with something that the consumer cares about, um, not just hey, give us your information and we'll call you when we when we feel like it. You know, one of the things that illustrates, though, is that you really aren't selling a thing, a product or your SaaS story. You're selling a relationship and people are really buying knowledge and wisdom and experience and a much bigger product than the product they're actually going to end up buying. And I've been reading a great deal about how the world is shifting from B to C or B to B to B for C and B for B, as if we are going to collaborate around something that you need and I can help you with. And it's becoming very interesting to watch that mindset change because as you're thinking about these clients, um, the customer for them wants you to work with them on making the right decision, not simply purchase what I've got here or be sold by somebody. So it's a real different buyer that you're dealing with and they're, they're often younger Sometimes not, but they also have different expectations on speed and ease and all kinds of things. Is that what you're seeing also? It is. Um, you know, I, I know in our own 
world at the you know level agency as a as a services business you know we really lean in on sort of the consultative partnership approach and i think we've seen a lot of very successful organizations take that same approach um, where it's not about the the features it's about the benefits it's not about the services it's about the solutions um and you know that's not to say that um it needs to be woo woo um you know completely impenetrable to understand you know what services and products a company actually does offer you want to make it simple you know simple enough so that you can accommodate different you know different types of of searchers right you know you might have someone that is coming to your site or coming to your you know your physical office and they know exactly what they want and they want you know they want a partner or they want to you know they want a, a general contractor style vendor right that's going to you know, take the blueprints from the architect and build the thing exactly as yes. they as they see that's it a great analogy but i think in many cases what they're really looking for is the architect and the general contractor right they're looking they're saying hey i have this goal i have this business objective and we're coming to you to help us solve for all of the problems that are you know that we that we're dealing with in trying to achieve this objective and um you tell us how we can best you know use this set of tools that um that that are available to us to achieve this business objective well, you know, for us, I mean, we're corporate anthropologists. We specialize in helping companies change. You and I talked about blue ocean strategy and why that's such a great way to help companies find creating markets as opposed to competing in them. But I must say, you know, to your point, and it doesn't much matter if it's culture change or strategy change. People come with a problem or a pain point and a challenge. And I always find the conversations are very interesting. We have a new client coming on now. And I must tell you that the way they came to us is different than the way we're going to serve them. And what they really needed is different than what they thought they needed. And and that's just people. And I guess in some ways, the packaging of what you do in solutions um, is going to require some trust that there is the right solution for the problem that they've identified. How does data and data analytics fit into this? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, you know, I think the curiosity that you're describing is is probably the single most important attribute that I find um, in you know in people in the knowledge economy in 2022. Right, the, the 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 that little piece in the back of your brain that's saying, "Hey, what you know what what's what's going on here? How how do I understand um, you know this?" This data or this perspective or this product in a in a new and interesting way. What we find is that there is you know there is so much data that is accessible to you um, if you have the you know if you have the willingness and the knowledge of where to look right. Um, so you know if we think about like maybe maybe it would be helpful to think about it in the context of of a case study right. Um, you know, so we have a, um, a a new client that we're onboarding, um, and you know we're we're seeking to understand where their audience is, um, and you know they've got some perspective on you know who who they'd like to speak to and where they think that those people spend their time digitally. So one of the 
data gathering exercises that we do is we have a you know a deep interview conversation kind of the classic marketing like tell us tell us everything that you know about where you're you know who your audience is yeah. and um and, and where they live but in the past i think that was kind of the end of the line right like you have that conversation you build your audience profile and that's <laughs> that's sort of the you know that's sort of the that becomes the audience profile that you use for a lot of your you know a lot of your your targeting efforts uh, what we do is we say okay so now we've gathered this perspective from you um, let's dig into the data that you have available and validate that right mm-hmm. so um, the what first party data do you have available do you have a CRM um, have you, when was the last time that you really explored, um, the, you know, the, the contents of that CRM that you, that you went in there Thank you for laughing, <laughs> please it, continue. <laughs> it sounds like I'm, I'm hitting on a, uh, I, I'm reading your mail a little bit here, Andy, maybe is, is this a, 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 is this an experience that you've, you've had with clients as well? Of course, but keep going because the illusion of their reality is so interesting. But in fact, it's an illusion. And as you dig into their CRM and when did you look at it again, I want you to finish your thought. I didn't want to interrupt you. For sure. For sure. Um, so, you, you know, look at the CRM, look at the audience that's in there, then look at uh, the, you know, analytics platforms that, that, the, that the client has. So look at Google Analytics. What can you learn about um, the audience, about the behavior once they come to the site, about how they get to the site? Um you know, take take sort of that curious that curious di- deep dive um, into uh, information that maybe you've looked at before and maybe you haven't. Um, and the the great thing about these tools is there is so much. Um, you know, it, it, you don't need a developer, you don't need an IT person to be able to understand these things. You just need to be able to watch, you know, three minute YouTube videos um, at a time to say, hey, how do I, you know, how do I see behavior funnels in Google Analytics? Or how do I see, um, you know, the uh, firmographic profiles in Salesforce or whatever those questions are? Um, it's all there if you're willing to dig in and, and take a look. And then, you know, once you get into this, so, so you, you look at the, the CRM, you look at the Google Analytics data, um, you look if, if there are ad platforms that are currently running. Um, so, you know, we would look at Google, uh, Google ads um, at Meta, um, at LinkedIn or Bing or Instagram or wherever, you know, these these uh, these these folks are running ads. And then there's a whole nother ecosystem, a whole new ecosystem of audience information that you can that you can glean from those from those platforms. And then that's not even getting into the third party tools um, that are out there that allow you to, you know, to take sort of an outside in perspective. Um, But you kind of have to follow the thread. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. 
They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Once you do, how does that influence what you do for whom? And how does it influence the kind of communication, call it advertising, that we create in order to capture those people closer to their point of purchase or somewhere along that buyer's journey? You know, some insights you can share. Yeah. Um, so what it what it does is it arms you with a good data-supported ability to create a hypothesis, mm-hmm. right? And basically to say, you know what, I think that this audience of mid-market C-level people really care about the content that we have about cybersecurity or the content that we have about additive manufacturing um, or whatever, you know, whatever that that content segment is. And I think that because I can see that you know those pages rank highly on um, on the website. I can see that that's you know that those are roles that are associated with with those people. Whatever the you know whatever sort of the um, the data story is that supports that, and then with that information you can formulate and enunciate a hypothesis for what you're trying to do. Uh, so it could be something like, okay, I I you know my hypothesis is that if I um, show this uh, cybersecurity content. Um, if I feature this content to this audience for the next, you know, the next two months, I can, um, I can, you know, dramatically expand my my share of leads that are coming from this, you know, this program. Mm-hmm. Um, so you write that, you write that down, you write that hypothesis down, and you execute against it, and then you measure the results. And you you compare what you thought would happen versus what actually happened, and they're very seldom exactly the same thing. Uh, but you then you know that you then sort of learn um, you know what is what what did I learn from this experiment, and then how do I how do I further exploit or further take advantage of the lesson that I've learned from this experiment? And if you treat your marketing like these you know these micro hypotheses, test sprints, uh, instead of just, oh, we, you know, instead of just the cost center where, you know, we're just over here, we're spending and advertising because that's what we do. You'll be astounded by how much um, you can learn and how much um, knowledge and value and insight value that will bring to your enterprise. Do you find it at times immobilizes your clients? Because I often find that the, the brain is wonderful at what it knows. It's familiar. It's really comfortable. The habits are 
are there. I called it the illusion because your mind has a story and that's what you believe to be true. There is no truth. The only truth is there's no truth. But that leads to that testing mindset, the curiosity quotient, the individual's willingness to learn by doing and keep learning from there. Are you transforming your clients to becoming learners that way? Because I find that it requires, they come in all knowing and leave full of curiosity. And that's fine. I'll take that. Because unless you're full of curiosity, you can't get unstuck. You don't know how to grow. You know, you're certain, but it's not working. Mm, It's only so much we can fix until you open your mind to the possibilities. Do you find that the clients get transformed as well? Because I'm getting transformed as I listen to you. Yeah, no, they they do. They they certainly do. Um, You know, it's 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 actually it can be pretty inspiring to to watch um, because, you know, you. And we're lucky to have an incredible set of clients. I'm sure you, you know, you have you have the same. You have the, you know, the the privilege of being pretty selective with uh, with who you work with. Um, so, you know, we start with a really high bar um, for the types of partners that we work with. But over time, you know, I think we demonstrate to them a couple of things that grow their own. Um, you know, grow their own capability in this space. Um, first, you know, we are we are fanatical about sort of trust driving communication, meaning if something isn't working, you're going to hear about it from us first rather than have to decipher it and, you know, figure it out yourself, right? Like we're very, very um, careful in our culture to, um, to make that sort of a, a norm and an expectation. And then, you know, we, we sort of, in the context of our working, you know, our weekly or biweekly or monthly, um, you know, uh, coordinations, you know, we really try to model um, the what if type thinking. Um, and, you know, so that we, we have a tool that we, you know, that's our hypothesis. Um, uh, it's like a, a database where all of our um, our team members sort of log their hypothesis, just like the one that um, that I shared with you as an example. Um, you know, define what the success criteria are, um, and that's often a collaborative process with the client. Where you know the client says, "Hey, you know, I, I've been noticing, um, you know, the folks that I've been talking to at at conferences are now much more interested in X. What would it look like for us to do some advertising against that segment?" And you know, we collaboratively develop that 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 um, that campaign and we learn from it, right? We, you know, we, we run the test and we learn from it and instead of, oh, well, you know, it, it happens. And if it doesn't work as well as we hoped, uh, we kind of, you know, we kind of just move on. We don't really talk about it. We spend, probably spend more time talking about what we learn when it doesn't perform as we expect it to, um, then, then we talk about the, you know, the thing, the thing that goes exactly as planned. Um, so I think over time we build sort of that trust and that relationship where, um, you know, we, we become a curiosity engine, um, yeah. an, an extension of sort of the, the, you know, if you think about what marketing is, right, it's the interface between the public, right. And the business it's, it's where most, you know, most of your first, first interactions with, with prospective non, you know, non-current clients are. And, you know, that's such a privileged, you know, position to be in. Um, But I think we often forget that so much of the privilege there is in the knowledge, not just in the, you know, the opportunity to make a first impression or make a sale. It's also about what we can learn. Patrick, as we're coming out of the pandemic, assuming we're coming out of it, 
Um, did you notice dramatic or important changes during that period that um, listeners should be paying attention to? Um, my hunch is that your curiosity opened up a whole lot of interesting learnings. Are there any that you can share? Yes. So we, you know, we saw um, a decade of change, you know, in in a couple of years in terms of acceleration. Um, and you know what what that meant in practical terms is you know that trend towards digital advertising accelerated the trend from you know platforms like linear television um to you know streaming to ott to connected tv those trends accelerated um people spent more time online um, than ever before. And, you know, it was a, um, you know, for a while we were the only game in town when it, when it came to, you know, when it came to marketing um, as, you know, as we open up and, you know, I, I share your optimism that hopefully, um, you know, the, 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 the change is, is here to stay. Um, but as we open up, you know, there's, there, there is a reality that there is, you know, there's a hunger for, personal connection. There's a hunger for some of the things that, that, um, brands have foregone, um, you know, travel and, um, you know, face-to-face, um, sales and things like that. Um, but the genie is not going back in the bottle, um, as it relates to the, you know, the collaborative, uh, you know, collaboration at a distance and, you know, I think marketing at its best in 2022 is collaboration at a distance, right? It's this, it's this world where we're having real discussions and dialogues uh, with people, even though we're not, you know, face-to-face or uh, on the same meeting together. Um, so I think to, to answer your question directly, Andy, the, you know, the, the, the bottom line is the, the space accelerated dramatically, the trends accelerated dramatically, and you know the brands that are that are not that have not yet sort of shifted. If if your budget looks anything like sixty five percent of your spend is not in in digital, that probably means that you're behind the the optimal budget allocation. You know, it's interesting. The um, some of our podcasts, Lisa McLeod had a great podcast on purpose driven selling. But in some ways, it's not that different than purpose-driven marketing. And and the people who have a purpose sold better than those who didn't. And in your digital marketing, in a sense, you need to have a good, clear purpose. What is it I'm trying to do for whom and how? As opposed to, I have a product and I want to sell it. And it becomes a bigger conversation in that process so that you get the right message to the right person when they're looking for you as opposed to when you want to get it out there in sort of a vacuum, hoping it's the right time. And mm-hmm. digital lets you do things that you can't do in person. You know, it just, you don't show up at two in the morning when somebody's searching for something because they can't right. sleep at night, right? It's, um, uh, it is, it, it's just an interesting time. You know, as I look at our clock and we're about ready to wrap up, there are, my head is full of things I don't want the listener to forget, but I bet yours is as well, Patrick, some things that you want to leave them with. Yeah, um, I think you know the the mo- the I really like the 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 model that you just constructed, uh, Andy, of the you know the 
marketing as sort of the opportunity to have a discussion uh, with someone at 2 a.m. when they're, you know, when on their timeline and on their schedule. Um, what I would say uh, is an um, one thing that I think is an important thing for brands to understand is um, there are not in, in, in the majority of cases, it's not just one interaction at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. or whenever. It's it's a series of exposures. It's a series of conversations that allow you know brands to sort of unfold that value proposition and that purpose to their you know their prospective um, clients uh, over time. So there's not a single in, in most cases. You know, there's uh, as tempting as it is to point to a single you know moment of truth. You know what 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 Google calls the the zero moment of truth, the ZMOT. Um, the the reality is, you know, that there are all of these influencing factors um, that that sort of happen before that moment of truth um, that are you know that are critical um, to the to the journey. Um, so, you know, what I encourage brands um, to think about is, you know, what what is that sort of um, what are some of those optimal customer journeys and how can you provide value and insight and knowledge um, to, to, to um, prospects at every step of that journey? The other thing that's big in our, you know, that's a big uh, conversational piece in our space right now is the conversation around privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a, there is a major trend towards um, less, uh, less of a you know surveillance state online. Um, you know, there's uh, parts of that that are regulatory. Um, you know, look, you look at what's happened in Europe. You look at um, the, the California um, legislation. Um, that is, you know, that is half of it, and the other half uh, is you know being driven by platforms themselves. Um, you know, Apple has made a real play towards you know being a an agent of um, privacy of their you know of their users. Um, and you know, you you also have things like the cookie, the third party cookie that are being um, proactively devalued um, by by Google now. Um, in, in advance of you know a recognition that those things are not going to be viable in the future. Um, so I think what that means is, you know, it's there, there's there's a, there's a recognition that the promise of total accountability was always sort of a um, a pipe dream, right? You know, there were there were a lot of people that looked like me over the last twenty years that have sold, you know, this promise of full attribution, or you know, a hundred, you you know exactly the value that every dollar um, that you spend is bringing back. Um, and the reality is that um, in this, you know, more fragmented privacy ecosystem, it's just clear that that's, it's never going to be as clean and as neat as people want it to be. Because the reality is, hey, you know, Andy, if somebody listens to both of our podcasts, right, the podcast that you did for us and the podcast that we're doing here, and then, you know, they reach out to you um, or, they, or they, they go online and they buy a book. What percentage of that book purchase was driven by seeing on the brink behind you now versus seeing on the brink behind behind you in in the earlier podcast? There's no right answer to that. Um, so you know, there's I, I think be wary of um, companies that overpromise uh, as it comes to trackability. But at the same time, there's so much that you can learn and that you can measure and that you can 
um, you know, there, there are, there are really viable attribution models that you can build, but you have to go into it with an understanding that this is representative rather than completely. Yep. Well, you know, there is no certainty. So I agree with you. Humans just keep searching for it. And I like the fact that we're searching for it because maybe it'll make fewer mistakes in the process, but it's complicated. The buyer's complicated. There are different parts. And when they buy what they thought they bought isn't necessarily what you thought you were selling them and how they use it. How many times have I got into the field with my clients and observed how customers were using their products inappropriately? Well, why is it inappropriate if they're using it? Well, that's not what it was supposed to be for. And I had one friend who had uh, a software developing company. He fired the managers and he had to get the engineers closer to the customer because the engineers were certain that the customer was stupid. And I was laughing. I said, the stupid customer syndrome, right? Um, you built something brilliant and the customer just doesn't get it. But it's really a complicated world today because it's so complicated. The choices are so many. And everybody influences what comes up first on Amazon or in Google and and what page you're on. I mean, I work hard to do organic search. So I'm on the first page of Google for corporate anthropologist or culture change expert. I can make only the second page for blue ocean strategy expert. But, you know, all of our stuff is content designed to help you buy the right thing in the right way. And that's what you're doing, too. If they want to reach you, Patrick, how can they do that best? We'll certainly have it on our podcast blog, but, you know, you can please share it for them. Uh, Visit us at level.agency. Um, so that's www.level.agency, or you can just type level.agency into your, into your search bar. Um, and, uh, there's a contact us option there. There's a lot of great content. Um, like I previewed earlier, um, you can check out our podcast at, um, test, learn, grow is the name of our podcast. Uh, you can get it wherever you get podcasts and check out the, 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 uh, episode that we did with, uh, with, uh, with Andy previously, it was a really, really good conversation. Well, you know, it's Patrick and I share the same joy at helping people do things that are challenging for them. And our conversation was about blue ocean strategy, creating markets. This one is about how do you stop wondering uh, how to sell or market your product and do it? Because the only way you will learn is to be curious, to test, make few assumptions, just a little. One assumption is I need Patrick to help me make the right decisions and test them all so I can see what's actually happening. But the world's going digital to a degree that you should be as well. And I don't care if you're a solopreneur or a small business or a growing entrepreneur or a mid-market client, like we have so many. It is, it's, people are going to buy you remotely. They're going to buy you online. They're going to buy you by what they see. I've actually had people download white papers in yellow and mark them when I meet with them. I said, really? Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, the, are you real? It comes through all that stuff. Patrick, it's been such fun. We could talk for a long time. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. And I, uh, I look forward to, to, to hearing what, uh, what's next for, uh, for Dr. Simon. Oh, well, for Patrick and I, let me just wrap for my audience. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming. You have made us on the top 5% of uh, podcasts globally, which I think is fantastic. Bring along friends, send me your ideas because Patrick came to me through something I did and we show up a lot and that's how we market ourselves. We show up a lot and things come uh, our way. Uh, On the Brink is here to help you see, feel and think in new ways. Both of my books have won awards, so I'll promote them a little bit. 
on the brink of fresh lens to take your business to new heights is how a little anthropology can help your business grow. And Rethink Smashing the Myths of Women in Business was just awarded the second, let's see, our second bronze best book award for 2022 from Axiom for Women in Business as a category. And I do think that this is a time to rethink when you're on the brink, I like my titles, you too can begin to see things through a fresh lens. That's my job. How do I, as an anthropologist, help you step back, look at things and begin to understand the changes that are happening? Because fast is going to be the new you and you have to really be agile, adapt and begin to make things happen for you. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Patrick Van Gorda, for being here. We'll post this and you guys can share it. And it's just a pleasure. Thanks again. Remember, reach me at info at andysimon.com and I'll be here for you. Bye bye now. Have a great day. Bye-bye.